Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. On the tee from Australia, Adam Scott. There it is, Adam Scott. Expect anything different? Brilliant. What an up and down that was. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to the clubhouse. Yeah, g'day everyone. Welcome to the clubhouse. What a golfing week it is in Australia. Julian Bailed is my name. Mark Allen is here. Marco, smack bang in the middle of it. <laughs> How about this week? G'day, Jules. How are you? Nice to see you. Yeah, Good. we've got the World Cup uh, on at the moment at Kingston Heath. Yeah, but last week, the Australian Open. I'll tell you, it was a promoter's dream. Mm-hmm. The good players they had, basically all of them were in the last four or five groups, so it looked fantastic on TV. Royal Sydney is about to get a major makeover, from what I understand. Gil Hans is the man who designed the Rio Olympic course to acclaim. Everyone I've spoken to who was at Rio loved what he has done, and yep. he's done a lot of other work around the place. So you can kind of Google Gil Hans and you can see all the stuff he's done. But Royal Sydney about to get a brand new look. Um, so the, you know, the golf course will be redone. A lot of the shelves taken out. Uh, the par three course will get redone as mm-hmm. well. The practice facilities, the whole joint. I want to ask you a question yeah. before we get started. Yep. If it's your golf course, mm-hmm. do you want to get it done in one go? And up in Sydney, you can probably do it in 12, 13 or 14 months. Yep. Completely wipe it and then just get it get it going. It might take you six months to shape the thing, another six months to go to grass and then away you go. Or keep on paying fees and do one hole or two holes a year. And yeah. that takes you nine years. Just knock it over. Just knock, knock it, it over. It's the way to go. Do it. Yep. Get it done. Look, yeah, before all this was Time waits for no one, Marco. Kind of possible. And Huntingdale, I was a member at Huntingdale Golf Club, but they had the Masters every year. Yep. So they couldn't actually do it. They, you know, they play the Masters and they'd do one or two holes. It was such a pain in the bum for members. <laughs> it wasn't funny. And, you know, ideals changed over that 15-year period that the golf course was done too. So what they started at, things changed along the way. But when you've got somebody like Gil Hans, who's just, like I said, world's best practice. Yeah. He's he's one of the guns. When you've got him there, and he's going to live in Sydney for a little while and oversee the whole thing, mm-hmm. just, I'll, just find, I'll, I'll find somewhere to play. Yeah. Don't worry about me. Just get it do over a deal and done with. Do course. And yeah, just, yeah. Get, just get it done. Yeah. So, uh, find a reciprocal club and you'll be right. Yeah, that's it. Yep. It's a tough little golf course and probably too tight. You know, that's why yeah. the pros have a, a tough time. Gee, they hit it in the trees a lot. <laughs> yeah, they did hit it in the trees we a lot. We commented on Sunday and watching a bit on Saturday at cricket. And yeah. Gee, they were like, how often are balls going in the trees? Yeah, well, Badley, <laughs> Ogilvy threw up all over himself, it seemed, the last four holes yep. when it was his tournament to win. Badley was a bit the same. Yeah, you, know, you could see that he fears the one going left, bads.com. Mm. Um, <laughs> bads.com. It's been a while, it's been a while isn't it, yeah. since you, <laughs> should it, you, should just since you the, came out? You should just wear the, uh, the cap one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he he feared the one going left, mm-hmm. and because he was fearing the one going left, he started hitting them right, and then he started not worrying about them going left, and they started going left, and it was a disaster for him. 
but yeah, Jordan Spieth, you know, he just gets it done, doesn't he? What about the the putts he, he hit? Just gets it done. You know, the final five and six, yeah. five or six holes. Yeah, the final four holes yeah. that he played on the day. Yeah. So on sixteen, he holds a forty footer, mm-hmm. upper tier, to keep him in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, well done. The next hole he holds a ten footer down the hill. Mm-hmm. There's fifty feet of putts. Uh, on the last hole, he misses the green. He was in an awkward spot yeah. in the rough. He couldn't trust what the ball was going to spin like with the right to left wind. He kind of hit a half a good shot, half a safe shot, half a bad shot. If three halves equal yep, a full. That's it. Is that all right? Yeah. Uh, and he chips it to six feet and rolls the six footer in. So there's 56 feet of putts. Yep. And then on the playoff hole, let's give him a 14 footer just to make it nice and round. Mm-hmm. So 70 feet of putts in the last four holes, all one putters. Extraordinary. If he. If you just hold a six-footer on 16, a six-footer on 17, a six-footer at 18, and a six-footer on the first playoff hole, that's 24 feet of putts. Yeah. And we'd be going, he's got nerves of steel. <laughs> so it's not 24 putts, no. not, not 24 feet, 70 feet of putts. Yep. I reckon that putt on the playoff hole, it was as good. Like, it, it was never going to miss. Like, you, you saw him line it up. Never going to miss. And you just knew, you're like, this, this is done. Yeah. It's just done. He could he could have actually turned away halfway there. Yeah. I mean, you could see the look. I've watched it a few times. Dropped the club. You <laughs> could have done anything. You could have started shooting. You could have been shooting at Gavin yeah. for a little while if you wanted to. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Tiger style. You could have you could have done anything because yeah. it was going nowhere other than dead center it's at the perfect in. pace. Yeah, it's extraordinary. He's he's an extraordinary player. I mean, you know, two years ago, twenty fifteen is one of the best years of golf we've ever seen. Yeah. So he's a kid. He's only what was he twenty one. He wins the Masters, wins the US Open, misses the Open Championship playoff by one shot, mm-hmm. and then gets beaten by Jason Day in the PGA to come second. So he's won two, missed the playoff by one, because there's three in the playoff, he ends up finishing fourth, tied for fourth, and finished outright second, is the way I remember it, at the US PGA in 2015. So unbelievable year. Mm. But that year, he held all the putts he had to hold. Even the, even the British Open, he held it, you know, sixty footer yeah. across the green on about the sixteenth hole or something to keep himself in it. He is one of those mercurial sports people that when something needs to happen, he's your man. Yeah, he's your man. But you know, for most of the week, he hit the ball pretty well. And we spoke about the big rest. Remember that last we did, week? Yeah, we spoke about the big rest he had coming in. So he played terribly <laughs> at the Ryder Cup, like hopeless. He he played bad at the Ryder Cup, swinging it bad. Looked bad, looked tired, couldn't get going, hopeless at the Ryder Cup. And that's where he should excel. But he had six weeks off and he came into the tournament, you know, just just need to sharpen up. But after, you know, round, probably halfway through the second round, you could see that he was comfortable playing tournament golf again. And then his hitting kind of let, let him down on the last day. But he's such a scorer and he's a beautiful bunker player. He has the ability to hit bunker shots at different yeah. heights with the same club and skid it through a fringe if he needs to, mm-hmm. which is a hard skill to have. Um, he has the ability to hit a high bunker shot and throw it back a long way and make it spin. He can hit what Johnny Miller calls a chunk and run, so you hit it a little bit thick uh, and the ball just comes out and you can use the slopes of the back of the bunkers mm-hmm. and just let it hit the back of that and run out. He's got everything covered in the bunkers and he's a beautiful chipper as well. Yeah. And you know, we, we I got a bit of an insight into the way he's been taught by his coach Cameron McCormack, who is a Victorian. He's an Australian coach who went to Texas Tech, yes. this college that I went to That's it. years ago. Um, and Mike Clayton, who I did some work with last week at the Australian Open, he caddies for Sue O and caddied for Sue O at the Olympics. And Sue needed some help, so he took Sue O. 
to uh, Cameron McCormack. And the way the story goes is Cameron had a look at Sue and, you know, basically shall she swing, she hit some shots and basically said, yeah, look, just turn your shoulders a bit more and you should be right. Um, let's go over here and let's have a look at your chipping. So what he would do, he'd set up, you know, almost like a game. So there was a 40-foot chip and he'd have five balls out there um, and what she had to do, or well, there were six balls uh, out there, and she had to land the ball between the first gate. He called them gates. You land it between the first gate and let it roll out till it's a tap in. Then once you've done that, you can try and land it in the second gate and let it roll out. So you've got to hit chips at a different height, yep, um, a different trajectory, a different spin, and get the ball to land close to the hole. He set it all up and said to Suo, he said, you know, how many? How many shots would you reckon it would take her to get this finished? And she said, oh, about 12. And she said, oh, well, 12. You'd be world class if you could do it within 12. <laughs> yeah, 24 shots later, she'd, yeah, she'd right. finish the job. <laughs> and um, she uh, she looked at uh, Cameron McCormack and said, and, you know, how how many shots does Jordan speak that? He, and Jordan apparently does it in eight or nine yeah. every <laughs> single time. He's a freak. So you've got six, uh, six balls for the five different shots. So, you know, the perfect score is five or six, I think mm. it is. Because I think, yeah, one lane's all the way. So six is the perfect score. Jordan Spieth does it in eight or nine every single time, which is world class. So, you know, he teaches differently, which is great. And then, you know, everything that they do as far as putting is concerned um, is with the sticks. And you see the kids these days, everyone's got these sticks. Whoever invented the sticks (laughs) has just got two sticks, (laughs) two sticks in a pack with a couple of lines drawn on them, yep. and they're selling them for, what, 20 bucks yeah. each, <laughs> a packet. And every kid I see <laughs> has got the stick sticking out of their golf bag. It's some, it's amazing. Yeah. But they never practice without the sticks or some kind of alignment aid mm-hmm. um, and some ball position aid. Because, you know, if, you, if you're just a little bit out, that means you're a little bit out. Yeah. And in putting, a little bit out means you miss the hole. So everything that Ken McCormack does as far as uh, coaching you know, the world's best players that he comes. Yep. It's all about scoring. And that's what Jeff Ogilvie said about Jordan Spieth at the start of the Australian Open Week. He said, you can play with him and you walk off and he doesn't really keep score, but you add them all up and he shot 68. You think, yeah. oh, I'm sure he shot 70 today. Yeah. And you go through it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's just a yeah. scorer. Yeah. He, does, he, he scores better than he hits. Mm. Um, what do you that, think? That's what, the reason he won last week. What changes do you make to Jordan's swing? What What have you noticed differently in the, probably the last eighteen months? He just looks stronger. Yeah, yeah that's that's all. Look, so what what, the, what I, the reason I thought he was swinging bad is that you could see the shaft lines cross mm-hmm. um, and cross the bad way. You know, sometimes you can get if the shaft line gets a little shallower on the way down. Um, I think the best players in the world have always been able to get away with that move. But when the shaft line goes back flat, then it crisscrosses and comes down steep. Uh, not many good, not many players play well when the shaft comes down steep. There's hardly mm. any. Phil Mickelson is the best steep guy ever, and he's always had trouble with his swing. Yeah, it's been documented. So he started coming down really steep, and even Jordan Spieth's short game can't rescue. No. You know, eventually, your brain needs a rest. <laughs> so the six week off. Um, you know, he would have just gone back. They would have seen that. He's come here and there's no steepness anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, the shaft goes up and down, basically the same line. Uh, he's always had a funny grip. He's always had funny footwork. Uh, but he keeps the ball in play. Mm-hmm. He's got that beautiful little pause at the top of his swing, which ensures everything kind of comes down together. He doesn't bomb the ball, but he's a brilliant wedge player. But more importantly, he's a scorer. 
Do you think? So there are not many situations you can't make par from. You mentioned how he doesn't bomb the ball. They mentioned in the TV commentary hmm. about how potentially they, they asked the question on that playoff hole. Do you reckon he deliberately didn't hit it as far as the other boys so he could get that mental edge by hitting the ball first into the green, hmm. knowing that he would be the one put pressure on the other two? Interesting. Do you reckon he would have that mindset? Um, they asked the question. They, they didn't say they that he would be deliberately yeah. doing that. But um, Look, he's the sort of character who'd probably back himself in. Yeah. Because uh, if he did it up, I'd love that. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> well, we should have asked him afterwards. I wish, I wish, I wish someone asked him. But yeah, in that situation, it, it's funny. That last hole, the only place you can't go is left. Just yeah. ask Cameron yes. Smith, who bogeyed the last by hitting that left, mm-hmm. um, who was seven under par mm-hmm. going to the 72nd hole and made bogey. Otherwise, he would have been the outright winner of the, um, of, the, of the Stonehaven Cup, the Australian Open. Um, but it's funny, you know, I think all pros have a club in their bag that they drive with that's more likely to go left than others so i think he hit a hybrid didn't he He Mm. hit a hybrid that's a change too for um uh for jordan because he's always had the iron with the graphite shaft Mm -hmm. you know he's always had the same looking shaft that were were in his fairway woods but that changed so he's one of the only players using a hybrid that i see these days most of them you know they use the two iron or a three iron your big fat sold thing um, and, you know, whatever shaft they work into it. But now he's gone back to a hybrid. So he was pretty comfy hitting the hybrid off that tee, clearly. Yeah. And may- maybe, you know, it was just the club that that uh, he's comfy with it not going left because on the 72nd hole, I think he had three wood off the tee and blew it miles right. Right, yeah. And he had that stick under his ball that he was trying to yeah. get rid of. And yeah, he did well there. Yeah. He did. <laughs> did you notice, I, I noticed something when he was there. Mm-hmm. So... He was caught in a rules marshal to yep. try and move a stick. And the rules marshal going, well, you know, you, you know, basically, what are you talking about? Just yeah. if, don't move the ball. But the camera was right there. It was. And he stepped in front of the camera yeah. and moved the stick just to make sure. Smart. So <laughs> I don't mind that. I don't know whether the ball moved or <laughs> no, not. you don't know. You don't know. But that happened. So, yeah, yeah. It, probably, it probably didn't move. It probably didn't it move. It probably didn't move. <laughs> but it was interesting to it watch was him interesting. in front of the camera I, um, and move the stick. We've got to get to a break. We want to talk about um, what this tournament means for play- players who finish near the top well, after the, the break. I'll tell you what, it's a really good question. Yeah. And I want to talk about this again mm. after the break. But I want to just quickly before the break, that shot coming up 18 of those three players with the clubhouse in the background, the stand on the... I reckon that is one of the great yeah. finishing holes yeah. in Australian golf. That's it's a brilliant sight. Yeah. And if you're, you're saying that they're going to, you know, redo yeah. the course, I, gee, I really hope that they can maintain that finish because looking up 18 like that, it was brilliant. Well, Absolutely brilliant. I'll leave you with this one. Mm. I think the 18th at Royal Sydney next time they play the Australian there is going to be a par three. Same direction. That's all I know. Okay. That's all I can say. We'll get to a break. This is the clubhouse. That might change, but at the moment, it's a par three. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Plenty more. We're going to talk about uh, what the Australian Open means for Australian golf and players who finish near the top. Hmm. Marco's fired up. We'll get to that next. This is the clubhouse. In your life. 
life have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, welcome back to The Clubhouse. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here as well as we talk all things golf right across Australia. Marco, I want to get stuck into this, though, before we uh, go any further. The Power Player of the Week for Honda Power Equipment. Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range from $329. Yeah, that's it. So Honda's four-stroke lawn and garden range on sale from $329 only at your specialist Honda dealer. And our two Honda Power Players of the Week this week, they didn't win the Australian Open, but mm. they were uh, equal second in the playoff. Ashley Hall and Cameron Smith. I want to talk to you about what finishing equal second means to them going forward. $108,000. That's all it is. That's it? That's it. And it's really sad. It is. Now, the Australian Open is a great tournament. It has amazing history on the trophy. Mm-hmm. The only name that's missing is Tiger Woods. Yeah. That's, the only na- that's the only real massive name missing from that trophy. So it's a, it's a big tournament. But look, I don't want to go over and over and over this, but it's a it's an opportunity. I just can't stop doing it. So Cam Smith's okay. I think he's got some status in America. Mm-hmm. So status on Europe probably doesn't interest him too much. But for everybody else in that field who are looking for a tour card, this is the sad thing. If they had a choice between winning the Australian Open or the Australian PGA in a couple of weeks, oh. they all want to win the PGA. Oh, yeah. They say, oh, no, no, yeah. no, I don't even want to play in the Australian Open. I want to win the Australian PGA because if you win the Australian PGA, it's co-sanctioned with the European Tour. And that means you've got a place to play for the next two years. So it's perfect. Yeah, and not only is it probably, it's probably three years because I think it ends up being probably the first tournament of the European season. Yeah, it would be. So you get the whole yeah. season yeah. and two years on top of it. <sighs> what a dream. So three years of golf. What a dream. So Ash Hall, one of the players you're talking about. I mean, mm-hmm. Well, we know Cameron Smith. We remember, we, we're talking about Chambers Bay where uh, Jordan Spieth won his US Open a couple you know, a segment ago. Um, that's the same tournament that Cameron Smith hit a three-wood to the last that came around the back of the hole and ended up six inches, taps in for an eagle and finishes tied for fifth and gets him all these starts and uh, you know all the rest of it. Yep. So we remember Cameron from that. He's had a pretty ordinary season this year, but maybe it's a springboard to where he wants to be. But for a player like Ash Hall, who we have seen at the top of the leaderboard a lot yeah. in our big tournaments, it's just been he's been unlucky. Because he's been at the top of these leaderboards when it's not a European tour event. We see him at the top of the you know, the Masters leaderboard quite a lot. He's a member at Huntingdale. But there's only been one year, I think, and that was ages ago when Huntingdale was, you know, um part of the European tour. Nick Cullen won the Australian Masters at Metropolitan. S- desperately searching for somewhere to play. He wins it and gets nothing. Mm. But you know, he gets a start here and there. It's rubbish. So, the Australian Open and the Australian PGA. If if you were a European Tour player, and last week was the finale, yep. so only the good ones go. Mm-hmm. So, you've played all year long. You're not going to come to the Australian Open one because it was up against this. Well, it was up against the yeah. European Tour finale. Normally, we get this week with yep. the, the World Cup week. But if you've played all year long, and you're Henrik Stenson, and you've just won. The big race, uh, yeah. the race to Dubai. Heaps of cash. Heaps of cash. Yep. We go, we'll give you a million to come down. Mm. What's a million dollars to these guys yep. anymore? I mean, it just does not matter. It doesn't matter. They're not coming down. You know why they're not coming down? Because they want to win majors next year and they want a big holiday now. Yeah. Need a spell. So this November time slot that used to work really well because the U- US tour and the European tour, they used to finish in September, October. 
So if you wanted to keep your game up and play for some money, you would come down. And that's why you see the incredible names on the, the Australian Open Trophy. But the world has changed yep. and changed significantly. Um, November is now the November December is now the worst spot to have tournaments that aren't on the US or the European tour, the worst spot imaginable. So, like I say, and I've been saying this forever, everyone's got to get together. Everybody has to, even if we don't, even if we're not under the one umbrella, everybody. And I'm talking about the PGA, um, the tournament organisers, uh, the Australian Open. If we get the Masters back, Perth International, everybody has to get together and say, okay, let's put these tournaments in February and they're all on the European Tour. Yep. For the good of our players. Because guys like Ash Hall, guys like Daniel Popovic, guys like Nick Cullen, they miss their window mm. to go and play and be European Tour players. And, you know, if you start playing, if, you're, if you start playing against these guys week in, week out, you elevate. You, you, you get the yeah, play. Yeah, you get You get the play. Yeah, and experience. as a winner, you can almost pick wherever you want to go. <laughs> you can almost pick... And choose your schedule, whatever you want to do. But guys like the names I just said, they can't because we weren't, you know, that was, that was with the One Asia Tour, which is just a joke. It's been a joke from the time it's been put in there. An absolute joke. Mm-hmm. So I feel sorry for Ashall. He's just won 108000 bucks. Yeah. Before this week, he was looking for work, Ashall. Looking for work. Daniel Popovic is practicing his heart out at the moment, trying to get back. He, he missed his window. He wins the Australian PGA and had nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah, on. It, it, it needs to change. If you it give him all change. these European starts from winning the Australian PGA, then you know who knows what happens. Mm. He's not sitting around on his bum at home <laughs> trying to practice and trying to get ready for tournaments that are six months away where there is some big money, uh. playing against rubbish you know, tournaments in one Asia, that what whatever they were, that's just rubbish. You don't yeah. get any better playing up there. That's why their players came down to Australia and they can't break an egg. Yeah. So the place is upside down. I'm exasperated because I can't <laughs> save for much longer. Yeah. Well I mean, people are, they, are, know, are they doing anything about it though, Mark? Well we spoke to Stephen Pitt. He's yeah. he's aware of the situation and understands what's going on. But you know, they've already you know, the tournament next year is already it's in November. It's gonna be a week after the um race to Dubai, I think. Yeah, uh, it's going to be at the again at the start of the, the US tour school. I mean US tour wraparound um wraparound season. tour yep. season. Uh it's up against tour schools. So, you know, the defending champion Matt Jones, he didn't come back mm. to defend his championship because you know why? <laughs> but he just it. missed his card and he's got to get off to a good start next year. Yeah. So Ryan Ruffles, he's he's not playing. Yeah. He's one of our stars. He's turned professional. He didn't come. He's, he's got a tour school. You mean, you've got all these guys. Marcus Fraser doesn't come. He has to make some money on the European tour. So I don't know what it's going to take for this to happen. But to me, the people running the tournaments, it's as, so, it's as selfish as you could possibly be. Not just getting in a room mm. and nothing it out and making our tournaments in February. Yep. The US tour, it's got that run of pro-ams. They'll come down to Australia. It's just, it's mind boggling. I spoke to Tony Rosenberg last week, and he's been running the Australian Open. He used to run the Heineken Classic. Mm -hmm. And I put it to him. He goes, Oh, no, just put it in February. When he had the Heineken Classic, he put it in February. He had no problem at all with players coming in. That's what he told us last week. So he had Ernie Els, you know, it's Royal Melbourne as well. So, but it was um, was, was a European sanctioned event. Yeah. He had no problem. So you're. 
it'll be if you're going to do it. So you're saying European tour sanction? What yeah. would be be any chance of getting a PGA tour? Oh, maybe, maybe it could be. But what what they could eventually, maybe the Australian Masters could be a World Golf Championship. That'd be in a perfect world. But yeah. you know, the World Golf Championships they're completely opposite to that. It's just the US basically. It's the US World Golf Championships. Yeah, which yeah. is crazy. That doesn't make much isn't sense. it? Doesn't make much sense. I mean, there's a couple outside the US, but the rest of them are pretty much you know the mm. match play. And there's a HSBC in China. But yeah, in a perfect world, the Australian Masters comes back and it's a HSBC. It's a World Golf Championship event. Yeah. Um. But the European Tour, they, they'd be wrapped with an Australian leg. They would go South Africa before Christmas, mm-hmm. South Africa after Christmas. Then they would come and play in our tournaments in February. They'd do it in the drop of a hat. Yeah. Then they'd go back through Asia. Well, I've spoken. We've spoken to people in Europe. They, they would take the tournaments in February like that. Bang. Bang. Done. They, they get it. Why, why are they doing it then? Because it suits them just to keep on doing the same thing over and over, mate. That's why. Yeah. They don't care about Ash Hall making $108,000 and he'll probably be, you know, if things don't go well, he's going to be looking for work next year. Mm. He's, he's capable of finishing second, in a, getting getting in a playoff with Jordan yeah. Spieth. Yeah. He's capable of that. But this time next year, he might be looking for work. Yeah. He was looking for work before the tournament. You did, I mean, is, is anyone listening? Mm. Is anyone watching the situation? I don't think they are. Um, I'm really happy the Australian PGA's European Tour event. Yeah. That, that's great. Yep. I am. But it's at the wrong time, guys. Mm-hmm. Put it in February. That's all I'm going to say. You're fired up. <laughs> well, I can't say it every year. Mm. They know, They all know, too. That's the worst bit. But they can't sit in the room, have a cup of tea, and say, come on, for the good of golf. Yeah. And for the good of people like Daniel Popovic, Ash Hall, Nick Cullen, for the good of these types, let's just put let's on. Get it let's, let's just get it done. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Sorry. change of pace. Change of pace. Uh, what do you made of the layout of uh, Kingston Heath? Your oh, local track. Yeah, well, I'm a member there. So. Yes. But look, I, I joined there because I love the course. Mm. I joined there because it's one of the great golf courses we have in the world. It's, it's really easy to walk. Yeah. And it, it's a test. It's got small greens, firm greens. Mm-hmm. Some of the people coming down won't have seen this style of golf <laughs> ever before. Yep. Although the rain's probably softened the greens yeah. up just right. But they'll try and get them nice and firm. They won't be too fast. So I think the members will probably see the have seen the greens faster. But that's they should, uh, you know, I think, I think the Greens running at about 11 and a half, 12 is perfect for Kingston Heath members. But, you know, when they try and get them to 13, 14, 15, they have to find flat spots to put the hole in. Yeah. And that makes golf boring. If you put it, if the, if the Greens are running a little bit slower, you can put the hole wherever you like. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. You want to keep golf interesting. That's it. Don't worry about how fast the Greens are. Make the game interesting. Um, and club players can putt. So there's a whole bunch of reasons for doing that. But look, Everybody who will play here this week will love it. Mm. Every single player. Some of them won't know how to play it, and they'll probably can it at the end of the week. Oh, it's too hard, or I don't understand it. But uh, the people who know what they're doing, yeah, they'll go well. And my tip, can I give my tip now? Yeah. Island. Shane Lowry, yep. Graham McDowell. There you go. They will get it. I saw Adam Scott playing some wedges last week. Uh-huh. They were bad wedges. You need to be a good wedge player at Kingston. He was hitting some really bad wedges. So... Uh, he needs to sort that out. He needs to get the, his wedges and his short game going, and he and Mark Leishman are a real chance to defend, mm-hmm. even though Jason Day and Adam Scott uh, won it last time at Royal Melbourne. Australia is still defending, so we'd love to see Australia's name on the World Cup trophy two tournaments in a row. That's it's it. every second year. A lot of money, mate. It's an $8 million US dollar tournament. I mean, it's a huge, huge event. Cash. Huge cash. So you've got some of these little countries, like I think you know, Malaysia's got half a decent team this year, and... 
you know, I think last place is around fifty grand each yeah. or something. So <laughs> why not? There's a lot of money. There's yeah. a lot of money up for grabs. It's going to be great. Kids get through for free. So you know, if it's a Saturday or a Sunday where you're listening at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, and you're around the place. Come on down, see some of the best players in the whole world. Have a look. Yeah, very nice. You like the format? Um, yeah. So, uh, can I talk about the format? Yeah. Yeah. So foursomes, alternate shot. That's it. So if you don't know what what we're talking about, uh, I just see the Australian team. Adam Scott might hit off the odd holes, and Mark Leishman hits off all the even holes, uh, and then they alternate shots right through until the ball's in the hole. Um, they do that twice for the week and the other one is four ball mm-hmm. so it's just like you and me playing I have a three on the first you have a four then the three goes down on the scorecard right. so one game is designed to shoot a really low score mm-hmm. and the other one is a hard it's game a to play all that, yeah. all that shot's hard but uh, look uh, I think European Ryder Cup players will get it so Shane Lowry Graham McDowell uh, they'll have that experience of playing foursomes. A lot of the other countries would not have ever played foursomes mm. in their whole lives. <laughs> so it'll be it'll be look it'll be interesting from that point of view. So you might say seventy five with a sixty five. Yeah, might, yeah it, it's, it'll be good. It's a true team event. Yeah. So it'll, it, look, if you get your chance, even on the telly, have, have a look, look because yeah. it's a it's a beautiful place. It's different golf from what uh, everyone's used to, uh, but that's what makes it so special. We'll hear from some of the players who are taking part next, get their thoughts on the tournament market. Beautiful. We're going to take a break, and then we'll get to a master class before we get out of here. Still plenty more clubhouse to come. Stick around. In your life, have you seen anything like that? You're listening to The Clubhouse. Yeah, you certainly are. Welcome back to the clubhouse. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening across this golfing weekend, a huge weekend of golf with the World Cup in Melbourne. Julian Bayard is my name. Mark Allen is here as always. And when a big tournament comes to town, there's nothing better than, well, I guess, hearing some of the big name players talking about our great courses and some of the best name players in the world are in town right now. So we thought we'd take a little bit of a listen to what some of them had to say about Kingston Heath and uh, and what it's like playing golf in Australia. First up, Adam Scott, Mark Leishman, two men who are very familiar with our courses in Melbourne and particularly around Australia. Had a chat with Fox Sports during the week about the World Cup of Golf. Can't wait, yeah. Really, uh, really excited to be back in Australia and um, representing Australia for the first time as a pro. So uh, definitely uh, got a good partner in Adam and uh, hopefully we can um, combine well and uh, do Australia proud this week. Adam, you've got good memories of this tournament, also of of pairing with Mark. Can you defend your crown again? Yeah, absolutely. But uh, we've got our work cut out for us. Just Amazing to see how many of the great players from all around the world have uh, embraced, you know, the new format of this event after a few years off and uh, come down to play one of the best tracks. We're going to be challenged right to the end this week, but hopefully some of our local knowledge and uh, home crowd support gets us through. There they are, Adam Scott and Mark Leishman. Leishman also chatted at his press conference about the honour of representing Australia at the World Cup. You know, it's something I've always wanted to do is... is I've been, I've been lucky enough to represent my country as an amateur, um, but but never as a professional. And um, you know, obviously, wasn't able to go to the Olympics this year, which was disappointing. But um, to be able to you know play next to next to Scotty in what's pretty much my hometown on one of my favourite golf courses in the world, um, that was a you know pretty special uh, special call to get from Adam. 
Well, two other big names who are representing their country in the United States are Jimmy Walker and Ricky Fowler, who fronted the media during the week and had a bit of a chat about the course. And Ricky Fowler also, well, a little cheeky pot at Melbourne's weather, which is probably fair enough. Let's take a listen back. Here's Jimmy Walker and Ricky Fowler during the week. It's been nine years since I've been here. I've, I feel like I've uh, played Kuyunga over in Adelaide a couple of times and played well there. And golf course here reminds me a lot of that. So uh, I think Rick and I both really liked playing here uh, yesterday. And, and um, so we got to see a little different look today with the wind. And uh, it's a good track, it really is. I've had some success down here. Um, looking forward to continuing that and brought a great partner along. Um, Australia is a, a great country. I've had a, a lot of fun getting to see different cities and um, a little wet to start the week, but it looks like we're going to get some wet, good weather the rest of the week and looking forward to enjoying Melbourne a bit. Well, another big name player who is going to be teeing it up this week is Shane Lowry, who had a bit of a chat about the Kingston Heath layout during the week. Let's take a listen back. A lot of golf courses we play on the PGA Tour and, and in Europe are very similar. They're, you know, nothing to what's, what's out there and... Um, you know, it gets a bit the same. It's nice to come and play a golf course like this where it's not just driver on every hole and, you know, wide fairways and big greens and it's a putting competition. It's, uh, you know, about positioning the ball off the tee and, and making golf interesting. So great to hear so many of the world's best golfers pumping up some of our best courses around Australia. Don't forget next week on the show, a full wrap of the World Cup of Golf. Mark Allen will have all the latest details here in the studio. Julian Bayard is my name. Let's change tack just quickly for a moment. The race to Dubai, it is all done. Henrik Stenson has taken it out. He didn't get the job done in the final tournament but was good enough to get the win overall. And he chatted after taking out the race to Dubai to Europe's number one player. It feels great. Uh, it's been an amazing year for me. I, I, I didn't think I was going to be able to top uh, 2013, but uh, I think uh, as a whole, I think I've done that. Maybe not the level of golf that I played throughout the year, but at, at the right times, so I played some, some great golf and uh, winning the Open, winning the BMW International. and being up there in contention at the Olympics and then uh, winning the overall. It's, uh, it's been a great season and it feels, uh, feels lovely to top it off with, with the Race to Dubai title. Yeah, I felt like if I was going to be crowned Europe's number one, I, I might as well play some golf the last day and uh, certainly did that. It was my best round of the week and, and the best I played these last two weeks. So uh, yeah, it feels, feels nice to finish off that way and whatever putt I missed, uh, missed the other days on 18 for birdie, I snuck that one in today. So uh, yeah, all good and, and uh, nice to finish with a 65 on a Sunday. There he is, Henrik Stenson. What a fantastic season he has had. And some of those shots in Dubai, unbelievable. The golf course there, the 17th and 18th, I reckon some of the most picturesque in golf. We've got to get to a break here on the clubhouse. Mark Allen is back right after this with a brand new masterclass. Stick around. Marco's Masterclass. Yeah, it is time for a Marco's Masterclass. The best teacher in golf. On radio. <laughs> on radio. That's it. Yeah, it's very important you put that in there. Very important you do. And we hey, do it, hey, just quickly, we do it yeah. all for Club Mandalay Golf Course. If you are coming down to yeah. uh, have a look at the World Cup of Golf, make sure you visit Club Mandalay. Have a round there. Clubmandalay.com.au. Uh, book your next round of golf at Club Mandalay and save 10% when using the code CMGOLF on the website, clubmandalay.com.au. Now, in honour of Jordan Spieth winning his second Australian Open trophy, uh, a lot of people have trouble starting their backswing. They, they just do. They get frozen mm -hmm. and it doesn't work so one you want to keep moving so picture a an elite basketball at the free throw line they don't just stand there like a statue and they just throw the ball up they're moving they're mm -hmm. moving they're moving they're looking they're moving straight through it goes normally 
sometimes 40 percent yeah. you know if you're a big man <laughs> called the shack <laughs> sometimes uh, but most of the time they, they, they're moving and professional golfers want to do this as well so they're always moving whether it's tapping their feet and don't tap your toes if you're a toe tapper stop it now <laughs> it looks stupid and it means that all your weight goes back on your heels so don't tap your toes get your whole foot to come up and down or tap your heels tapping your heels is a better way of doing it but what Jordan Spieth does on every shot to start his backswing is a little forward press. So there's a tiny little forward press, then everything turns back. Mm. And he does it on his driver, his long irons, his short irons, his chip shots, his putting. He does. Everything except his bunker play. It's pretty hard to do a forward press when the club's in the air. That's it. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, in a bunker you're not allowed to have the club on <laughs> the sand. So if you are, you're cheating That's and stop it. it. <laughs> so, but it is hard to do a forward press Harder to do a forward press yes. when you're hovering the club above the sand, but it's a basic. It's it's a beautiful basic way to keep kind of. I I, I use the term your blood pumping. You now you don't want to freeze. You don't want to freeze. So if you're tapping your heels or your feet while you're looking at the target, then you look back at the ball, and then you don't know how to start. Little forward press, and then everything turns back. So in honour of Jordan Spieth, the world number five and a two-time Australian Open champ, and he won a little tournament called the Masters in the US Open. He's done that as well. (laughs) In honour of him, the forward press to start your swing, your putting, your chipping, your fairway woods, your long irons, your short irons, the whole lot just to get yourself moving. Tick-tock. A little tick-tock. Tick forward, tock, turn back. Nice. Tick-tock. It's a good way to play. Play golf at Club Mandalay Golf in Melbourne's North. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Marco, enjoy the World Cup of Golf for the rest of this weekend. And I'll talk to you about whoever wins. Come on, Australia. That's it. Next week. Indeed. We'll uh, see you next week. Good on you, buddy. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.